BYUSN, meet the new quarterback, Keaton Slovis, in his debut interview as the next BYU signal caller. And so long, Pukunakua, his most memorable moments, and what the receiver's room looks like now. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're back! We're live on Thursday, December 29th. I am Spencer Linton. He is Dave McCann. Dave, I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. We hope all of you had a fantastic Christmas holiday. Yeah, and we're, we're going out in style. We're wrapping up the year in style with a huge show today. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we look forward to the days ahead. Here's what's coming up on this show. Keaton Slovis's first interview since committing to BYU football. We got a bunch of questions for him. We're going to get a bunch of answers. Saying so long to Puka now that he's going on to the NFL draft. What's the receiver room going to look like for Slovis in September? And it's the beginning of the end. BYU's first WCC game of the season and their last start to a WCC season <laughs> before they join the Big 12. That's all ahead. One last go around. Let's get to today's headlines, beginning with the aforementioned Puka Nakua, who declares for the NFL draft yesterday, announcing that on social media. You know what I love most about this? He said it in the first sentence, I believe, of that statement. He didn't wait to the very end. It was the first sentence, and I appreciate that, Puka. Uh, wide receivers coach Fessy Satake also said his Twitter goodbyes to Gunnar Romney and Braden Cosper with appreciation posts. There are some big shoes to fill in that receiver's room for Keaton Slovis to throw to. Defensive back Gabe Judy Lally has entered the transfer portal. Judy Lally had 46 tackles and seven pass breakups for the Cougars this season. It's a tough loss, but he needs to get closer to home. BYU also adds defensive lineman Jackson Cravens to the roster. Cravens is from Provo, transferred to, uh, went to Utah, then went to Boise State. Coming from Boise State, 23 tackles and a sack this last season. Some beef on the way. BYU men's basketball opening West Coast Conference play tonight at Pacific. Mark Pope says, and this is great news, Spencer Johnson was a full participant in practice on Tuesday and could play tonight at Pacific. If Spencer's making the decision, he's on the floor. Listen to tonight's game. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Women's basketball at the Marriott Center tonight against Pacific in their conference home opener. Cougars looking for their first win. They, they didn't get any favors from the schedulers at Gonzaga and at Portland, but they're home tonight against Pacific. You can see the game at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. And how about this in the National Football League? Another Cougar in the NFL as the Las Vegas Raiders have signed Harvey Longy, not just to a practice squad, to the active roster. He will be in the black and silver when the Raiders take the field against Fred Warner and the 49ers on Sunday. Pretty cool. Harvey Longy, Fred Warner matchup, Raiders Niners. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Which takes us to this question, Dave. Keaton Slovis, now official at BYU. Let's rewind a little bit to the moment you found out and your initial reaction to Keaton Slovis signing to be the next BYU quarterback and run Aaron Roderick's offense under head coach Kalani Satake. Well, looking at what they have coming with the Big 12, uh, my first thought was, here's an experienced guy that's been there and done it before, which makes him the biggest asset in the locker room out of anyone. He doesn't even have a locker yet. And he's the biggest asset in the BYU locker room because he's been there and done that. He's, he's played 34 P5 opponents. Jaron Hall's played 11, which is the most in school history, and he did it over two years. Slovis played 10 last year, 
and 34 in his career, and he's done pretty well. And, uh, and I like what Aaron Roderick does with quarterbacks. Absolutely. I can't help but think just how many people were involved in this process. And I'm going to go back to a conversation I had with our good friend John Beck before the Stanford game when he, without telling me who it was, alluded to a big-time name in the transfer portal that is potentially looking at BYU. And Keaton Slovis has had a relationship with John Beck for coming up on a couple of years now. And because of Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall and you know Keaton finding out why those guys took the next step and wanting to know who helped them, and it was John Beck. So... When John Beck first presented the idea of a, of a big name, you know, my mind just was racing. I was like, who could it be? I'm thinking of all these guys. And a bunch of people had, you know, had started to throw their names into the portal at that time. Slovis was not a name that popped into my mind until I saw that name from Pittsburgh show up in the portal. I thought, maybe. Maybe it's that guy, but would Keaton Slovis, the guy who was so public about his experience at BYU, being heckled by sober fans. Saying, Slovis, you stink. Would, would he come to BYU? And the answer, obviously, is yes. And clearly, when, I, when you piece it together, you think, okay, he wanted to work with John Beck. He wanted to get in an offense that's really going to display his talents because he wants to take the jump from college football into the NFL. This decision, make no mistake about it, is clearly so that Keaton Slovis can make the trampoline jump to the NFL and follow suit of Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall in an A-Rod offense to get to the NFL. He's got NFL dreams. Well, he go, lives it. He, this is what his life is. And you go to college to get a job. He went to college to get a job in the NFL, and, uh, and he believes BYU is the best spot for him for his last year to do that, to get him ready. Did Jaron Hall recruit him to BYU? We're going to ask, ask Slovis that here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, he was fantastic as a freshman, uh, freshman offensive player of the year, right, in the Pac-12, threw for a bazillion yards. He had some injuries. USC went through some changes. They fired their coach two games into Slovis' junior season. Uh, and then Lincoln Riley's hired. He's bringing his quarterback. So Jackson Dart goes to Ole Miss, and, uh, and Keaton Slovis goes to Pittsburgh. And, and that's kind of why there's been movement around. And, and this is his third school in three years. But, but under those circumstances, um, this isn't a problem child going and creating one problem after another. This is a legitimate six foot three quarterback who's got a big arm. And, uh, and, and with Aaron Roderick's creativity and Epps and Hall and Roberts and Rex and company, you know, the sky's the limit for what BYU can do. They now have a Big 12 offense. Moving into the Big 12. Now, people are going to point to, well, his numbers kind of tapered off after that spectacular yeah. freshman season at USC. And we're going to talk about his injury-riddled pass as well. His arm was not right for a couple of years, had some surgeries to get that right. He feels 100%, says he's 100%. And Aaron Roderick puts his quarterbacks through some very, very stringent tests. And... Everybody talks about the, the rollout across the body throw that Zach Wilson made in pro day. Like that is a, a typical, you have to be able to make that type of throw if you're going to be the quarterback in an Aaron Roderick offense. And you got to be able to roll and, you know, go to the opposite hash and throw it 35 yards across the field, that yeah. impossible angle with the arm strength necessary to do that. 
Those are the types of things that Aaron Roderick wants and needs his quarterback to do in the BYU offense. Keaton Slovis can make all those throws. His surgically repaired shoulder can make all of those throws. Also, I know some fans are hesitant because they look at a guy like Charlie Brewer who left Baylor and went to Utah. It did not work out. And he was benched for Cam Rising. And then he ended up at Liberty. And so some fans are saying, well, is Keaton Slovis just the next Charlie Brewer? Or is he more like Bo Nix, who went from Auburn to Oregon and lifted Oregon's program back up? We're all hoping that it's more of a Bo Nix situation. But just talk to him for a minute, and it's hard not to feel like, okay, he's seen a lot of Power 5 games. And you wrote yeah. a fantastic article on that, uh, available, on, uh, and you tweeted it out about just everything that he has seen and the experience he's gathered there. I, I, I don't think Keaton Slovis is, is a Charlie Brewer type. I feel like Keaton Slovis, I'm not saying he's Bo Nix either, but I, I feel like he's going to elevate BYU's program. Well, and he's come to a program that throws the football. Charlie Brewer went to a, a, a university that runs the football and that wanted to all of a sudden start throwing the football, and it, it, it didn't work. Um, BYU loved it. BYU loved the Brewers in there because they dominated him when they beat the Utes there two years ago. But, uh, but, but Slovis comes to an offense that, that, hey, this is what we are. We're not going to create our offense to fit you. We want you to fit into our offense. And, and so there's no mystery about what plays are going to be run and, and how often he's going to throw and, and, and how often they're going to be committed to the run. And I think that's big. This is the most important decision that Kalani Satakis had to make as a football coach. Who's going to be the quarterback to lead BYU into the Big 12? Yeah. Uh, and it can't be anyone on the current staff. They just don't have the experience yet. So you're losing Jaron Hall. You can't blow this one. This has to be the biggest choice, and it has to be successful. And so as they fished around, they found Slovis. They did their homework. Slovis has done his homework. And now, now we'll see. We'll get them on the field together and see if this is a match. And if it is, BYU now becomes a contender in the upper half of the Big 12, not just a player in the bottom of the half. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, how much of an impact do BYU fans expect Keaton Slovis to make in the win-loss column? Because the... I'm hesitant to go there a little bit because BYU is yeah. making the Power 5 jump. And I had kind of settled on, hey, just win six games next year. You know, beat Sam Houston, take care of Southern Utah. Hope and, for the best. And win four games, <laughs> go six and six, call it good. Keaton Slovis, to me, makes BYU a win or two better. And everything on top of that, to me, is gravy. But to your point. Maybe man, an eight-win season. But an eight-win season puts you in the upper half. Awesome. Absolutely. Like, yeah. he, he takes BYU from ah, hopeful for six wins. Yeah, they can win six games. Now we're talking like, okay, maybe BYU's an eight-win team. And, and then we, we kind of go from there. And then let BYU fans put on the blue goggles and, and see where it, it takes them in their wildest dreams. Uh, I love his confidence. As a freshman at USC, he plays UCLA. In-town rival in L.A., throws for 515 yards and four touchdowns. Not everybody gets to do that. That's still in him. You know, you don't lose that. Uh, now he's just older, more experienced. That experience is the golden ticket uh, for, for a BYU quarterback to lead them into a place where no one's ever sure. been. And he's taken over for a guy, and you've pointed out, Jaron has accomplished so many things. Jaron Hall will take the greatest winning percentage against Power 5 opponents of any BYU quarterback and, and that'll probably be his legacy forever. Um, I think he's still 11 games. It might be 12. I think he's 8-4 and four against Power 5 opponents. That, what other BYU quarterback has done that? None. Ty Detmer was 3-9-1 and one against Jim Power McMahon, 5 opponents. They, one, they didn't get those opportunities. No. And so you don't know what. But, but they, didn't. They, yeah. didn't. they didn't play that kind of a schedule. Even the great Taysom Hill. 
eight and eight. He was 500 in 16 Power Five games. Dave, Jaron Hall, eight and four. Like so, Keaton Slovis, he himself has got some big shoes to fill as Hall now heads on to the NFL. The Slovis interview is just moments away. Let's go. Let's go. Good, good stuff. All right. So who's he going to throw to? Puka Nakua is going into the (laughs) into the into the draft. We, you know what? Everybody expected that. there was probably more intrigue that Hall might come back because we heard rumblings this was a tough decision, this and that. Uh, but with Puka, we just kind of expected him to jump in there. So he's in there. And then you turn around and you see Keanu Hill, mm-hmm. Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, a healthier Isaac Rex coming in. Uh, and then all of a sudden you've got a, you have a Big 12 first string arsenal to go into that league. Well, and th- this type of decision of Keaton Slovis picking BYU only helps Fessy Satake go out and recruit maybe a Juco wide receiver who's you know, three or four star talent. Or a portal guy. And yeah. a couple of four star portal guys mm-hmm. who are interested in BYU. Like when you're getting an arm, and not just any arm, arm talent that has NFL aspirations and he's on NFL draft radar, you're going to bring in some receivers. So as much as it hurts to lose Puka, special, special player. Had he played as many games as Austin Colley and been as healthy as Colley, now maybe we're having a real conversation about, okay, he's in the GOAT conversation when it comes to greatest BYU receivers of all time. He just didn't have his, the, the right. continuity, didn't have as many games. But when he was, was on the field, Dave, oh my gosh, spectacular player. Like just his energy is infectious. He always seemed to make some ridiculously awesome play. But now he's gone. And so to your point, there's a good core there. They're going to need some other pieces. Fessy Satake will need to and is working currently on adding some additional pieces. They need depth. Absolutely. They've got the first wave, but as being an independent for 12 years yes. is top BYU, there has to be a second and even a third wave sure. of top-tier talent. Well, and you know what BYU fans are going to love about Keaton Slovis? He attacks the middle of the field. Jaron Hall was so good at attacking the edges, right? The middle of the field and the tight ends were not his forte, per se. Not that he couldn't do it, not his forte. He was so good on the edges and kind of extending plays with his feet and whatnot. Slovis is surgical, and he will attack the middle of the field, and that is fantastic news for the Rex family, specifically Byron and, and, and It's Isaac. interesting. There was some buzz that maybe Isaac was going to go out because, you know, his numbers this season and last season pale in comparison to his numbers with Zach Wilson sure. when he scored 12 touchdowns and, and led the country. Um, but then uh, about a week ago, he pops in with a tweet going, hey, we're running it back one more time, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I wonder huh. if he knows something. Huh. Maybe he did know something. <laughs> uh, he knew that an attacker of the middle of the field was coming. Uh, and I think that's, might be the, he might be the biggest winner in the whole receiving core coming back uh, as to what Slovis can bring to this offense. Sure. Well, and then you look at the running back's room. It's like, okay, well, who does Keaton Slovis have to help him out a little bit to take some pressure off of that right arm? He's got Aiden Robbins, transfer from Louisville and UNLV. He will join the show tomorrow. So we're just doing debut interviews as we come back from Christmas break. Keaton Slovis today, Aiden Robbins tomorrow. you got to give the people what they want. Yes. Robbins and then Mason Wake also put out on social media – yesterday or a couple of days ago it's all mixed it's how things are happening so fast that he too is running it back for BYU. He said i can't miss it on the big so 12. i got friends in vegas as you know mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. they love this robbins kid and they were surprised he left because th- th- there was a coaching change yeah but uh, bobby petrino is coming in as the offensive coordinator at, at unlv why would a player leave that type of an offense um but he did because he wanted to play at byu 
at 6'3", 230 pounds. I've seen the videotape of him, and I've talked to guys who've talked to him, and uh, that's a big one for BYU. There's great potential in Robbins at running back. Yeah, and I've had some people say, is this Chris Brooks part two in Aiden Robbins? Similar physical build. Robbins is a little bit taller, but as far as like just stature, they're very similar in build. I straight up asked a couple of people on the staff, okay, Aiden Robbins, Chris Brooks, how do they compare? And they feel like Robbins runs a little bit lower, shoulder pad level a little bit lower, and is a little bit more physical and similar top end speed once you break out in the open. Um, And Chris Brooks had some injuries and BYU had trouble getting tough yards in the trenches. They feel like Aiden Robbins is going to be an upgrade in that regard. And that's not, this is not to knock Chris Brooks. This is just to say BYU coaches feel like the tough yards in tough situations, third and short, fourth and short, they have now a little bit better of a situation with Robbins there as the physical back. You know what we're going to ask him tomorrow? Are you going to make BYU better? We'll see what he says. Yeah. But we think he is. Are you going to get a first down on fourth and a half yard? Yeah. And are you going to run straight ahead and not sideways? That's more on the offense. That's not on the running back. Call the plays that send the guy running forward. For sure. All right. Our voice of the nation question of the day is this. What makes you most excited about the new quarterback, Keaton Slovis, transferring to BYU? Yeah, throw on the blue goggles. Tell us what you think. Chandler White on Instagram says, experience, 34 power five starts, right, Dave? Arm talent, the chance to give Slovis goodie bags every game (laughs) (laughs) and tell him he doesn't stink. (laughs) All is forgiven. Cougar Nation. If you know, you know. You stink, Slovis. I love it. I love it. Uh, It's come full circle. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up tonight on BYU TV, women's basketballs, the Cougars host Pacific. You can see it live at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU TV the app, Spencer and Kristen Kozlowski on the call. That's tonight. All right, you've waited long enough. Up next, the new guy. Not quite in town, but almost. Keaton Slovis joins BYU Sports Nation. His first interview since announcing his transfer to play quarterback for the Cougars. So many questions, all the answers next. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside the distinguished Dave McCann. Welcome back from Christmas break and an early Happy New Year. We are so pleased to welcome in the new BYU quarterback, Keaton Slovis, joining us for his first BYU interview, if you will. Keaton, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me. Glad to be a part of it. Now, when I say Keaton Slovis, BYU quarterback, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, just this opportunity to, to transfer again, and uh, it's kind of unreal. It's wouldn't have been able to be a possibility, you know, really four or five years ago. So um, that's the first thing that jumps out. And, you know, again, it's just my new home. I'm excited to be a part of it and excited to have that, you know, the university affiliate with my name. Keaton, at what part in this process did you start thinking the BYU could be a possible landing spot for you? Pretty early. You know, I didn't I didn't know the situation with Jaron, but I knew there was a possibility to be declaring for the draft. So, um, knowing that, getting contact from the coaches, um, really understanding that the fit would be really well. Um, it's kind of a well-caught, well-oiled machine, the offense, um, and something I think I could step into. It's not like they're rebuilding or anything. The offense has been established here for a long time. So um, kind of understanding that and 
that's really what I was looking for to, to have that, that mutual inter- interest from both sides. Uh, made me pretty excited to be, be uh, a person of interest on their end. Let's dive into the fit with BYU. Every player is going to make a pros and cons list. Let's start with the pros. Why did you feel like, okay, yeah, for all of these reasons, I feel like I'm a good fit at BYU? Yeah, first off, we're going to throw it a lot. Um, and that's something that starts from Kalan. You know, he wants to average you know, a certain amount of yards per attempt, and that's super exciting to me. Um, as a quarterback, that's an offense you want to be a part of. Um, and then beyond that, you know, talking to A-Rod um, and Coach Mitchell, like those guys are so good at what they do. Um, and I think A-Rod really puts the quarterback in a position to have success. So I think um, those are the, the pros. There aren't a whole lot of cons from a quarterback's perspective. You know, I think it's really a very quarterback-friendly offense. Um, watched them on tape a lot, seen them from afar in terms of the crossover tape when I was at USC. Uh, and again, just a school and an offense that – I think also like from other schools and other coaches I've talked to, everyone has great things to say about the BYU offense and, and what they do, and, and that's why I kind of wanted to be a part of it. So you were here a couple of weeks ago with your parents before the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, how soon after that visit did you make up your mind? Um, I told them, you know, it's my last go-around. I have one year of eligibility left. Um, I really need to be diligent with my decision. Um, I was really high on it. Um, I knew it'd be a good thing. I kind of told my dad, like, I feel like this is a place I know I can have success at. Um, but you don't want to make any brash decisions. And, and credit to BYU kind of allowing me to do that, um, do my diligence and um, do my due diligence and, and really just check all the boxes of other schools and make sure there wasn't anything else on the table I was doing out there. And I think I, you know, went through every other option, was very diligent with returning talent, uh, type of offense I want to play in. And the more I kind of went through it, the more and more apparent. I think it was probably a week or so after. I was thinking, man, the BYU spot's the, the one I want. So Cougar Nation was a little nervous as Jaron Hall kind of uh, waited to announce what his future plans would be. And they were nervous that, that if he took too long, that, that to BYU would miss out on a quarterback of, of your caliber or, or somebody else. Were you worried about that? No. So again, this might be somewhat new, but Jaron was actually kind of aware of the situation. He uh, credit to Jaron and uh, I actually knew him last year. He's a great guy. And um, Jaron actually kind of helped me out. Um, I was still, you know, I was, I was, I was pretty certain it was going to be BYU, but um, he, he definitely, I think he held off like a day or so announcing so I could kind of scramble and get, you know, the graphic and the announcement ready. So (laughs) I kind of knew before everyone else, but um, I'm very grateful for him for kind of allowing me to, because, you know, we didn't want there to be any delay with, with the, the, the old quarterback to the new one. The new BYU quarterback, Keaton Slovis, is on BYU Sports Nation. Keaton, whether you wanted it to or not, your first interactions with BYU fans went viral. And you talked about just how strangely nice they were and the way that they heckled. So now that you're on the other side of the equation, how are you handling BYU fans welcoming you now to be a BYU football player? It's awesome. Um, I think that was the thing I really took away from playing against BYU is how nice the fans were and really how it, how great of an environment it is to play uh, you know, in Provo because um, it gets super loud. Um, but again, the people are super nice. I was talking to my dad. like He was talking about how, man, that's like the cleanest stadium I've ever been in. And they, they think they bring like ice cream to the opposing fans, right? So uh, my dad like fell in love with the place as an opposing fan. Um, so being back there, seeing the, the love on Twitter and stuff, it's really awesome to, to be on the right side of, uh, of the fans now instead of being the person that, you know, they want to see go down. 
<laughs> I don't think you'll have to wave your arms to keep them quiet uh, as you're about to run a play, unlike 2019 when they made a lot of noise when you were trying to, to get things going with, with USC when you were here. Uh, let's talk about your interactions with, with the players already. And, and before we get to what you've talked with the receivers about, did Jaron uh, help seal the deal? Did he make the pitch that, that you should come here? Yeah, you know, I again, I felt really good about it. We always kind of want a player's perspective, and Jaron was kind of the last person I talked to. Um, and again, just getting that player's perspective, kind of checking off that box, but um, hearing from him lastly and, and feeling his confidence with it, you know, understanding the circumstances, um, what we're going to have to work on, what we're going to have to, how I can contribute and make the team better in the offseason. Um, but yeah, kind of hearing from his perspective, it almost made me more, um, more positive about the situation than I was before. Uh, Jaron Hall is not the only BYU quarterback or former BYU quarterback that has helped you with some insight into what BYU is about. Let's throw in John Beck. We jokingly call him the quarterback whisperer because he's worked with Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall and so many others. You have a relationship with John. When did that begin and what's that relationship like? It really began after the 2020 season. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I had um, a few arm injuries back to back. Um, my arm would always get sore, so I knew that, you know, the 3D QB, um, you know, people, I didn't know who it was at the time, but I knew that 3D QB was, um, you know, people who could help with my biomechanics. I reached out to Zach, asked, like, hey, he had a great year. Who's the guy you work with? Because um, I know that that was a big part of um, his game, too. So that's connected with John, and it's been a pretty great relationship ever since. And, again, pretty early on in the process, John was the one who kind of called and said, hey, you know, I know it's BYU. Um, you know, probably you probably don't know a lot about and probably didn't know it would be an opportunity yet, but I think you have a good opportunity coming up. And um, he really laid the groundwork for um, you know, the relationship between BYU and, um, again, just having the other extra layer of trust. Like, John's a guy I really trust. Um, he has a relationship with the staff and, and those coaches. And knowing that, you know, he's he, he can kind of uh, know who they are. You never know who, who you know, <laughs> coaches say they are until you kind of get in the building. But, um, knowing John's had experience, knowing a guy like Jaren's had experience, knowing a guy like Zach's had experience, um, it kind of allows you to trust that staff even more, even with their re reputation. Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, uh, Isaac Rex, these are now Big 12 receivers. How do you feel about this group and what interactions have you had with them already? I'm excited. You know, um, actually last summer I was done with Jaren and a few of the guys came out. Um, you know, I thought they were really talented to begin with. And, um, you know, when I came with my official, um, a guy like Cody spent a lot of time with me and recruited me hard, texted me all the time. Same with Isaac. You know, Isaac reached out, you know, I think later on in the process. But um, really, I think since then, to be able to reach out to those guys, um, you know, let them know I'm coming and um, just really get them excited because I think, you know, we have a great opportunity this next year to, to compete in the Big 12. It's a big year for BYU football. It's a big year for me. Um, and I think we're all really excited to, to, to kind of make a statement. Um, but yeah, those guys are great. You know, watched them a lot on film when I was at BYU and, and since then. So we're just excited to start throwing with them when I get to school. Keaton Slovis is on BYU Sports Nation. You just brought up the Big 12. How much did BYU moving into a Power 5 conference, the Big 12 specifically, factor into you and your decision to join BYU football? Yeah, I think, uh, well, for two things, obviously, level competition, you're excited to be a part of it. Um, it's a good conference, and um, not like BYU hasn't played, you know, Big 12 team. I think last year you, um, you guys played a good amount, but um, really that aspect. And then the other one is just knowing that, you know, obviously every year you have motivation, but 
I think there's an extra sense of urgency from the staff and from the players knowing that the jump to the Big 12 is is going to be a huge year for everyone and um, kind of lay the foundation for years to come. So I think the sense of urgency, um, whether they knew it or not, it was really felt um, from my end too, and that's kind of what I want with my last year of eligibility, obviously. You mentioned this is a big year for BYU and a big year for you. When you consider what Aaron Roderick did with Zach Wilson and, and Jaron Hall and their development, how do you feel he can help you get ready for the NFL? Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, developing and as a passer, um, you know, allowing me to understand, see the game for a different way. This will be my third offense I'm in. I feel like I have a good, um, you know, really good groundwork and foundation, but I'm kind of excited to take it to the next level and, and hopefully, um, you know, I think A-Rod does a great job of kind of using each quarterback's strengths to their advantages and uh, I'm looking forward to just learn more and, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see how he uses me too and, and to get put in the position that, that he will. Keaton, people got really excited, and by people I mean fans, BYU fans, when they heard that you had already reached out to the receiving core and wanted to work with them and, and wanted to work on those relationships, if you will. So with that in mind, what's your timeline like? When are you going to come to Provo, get involved, and just walk us through the next few weeks for you personally? Yeah, it's a huge thing for me. I think developing that chemistry, especially with, you know, one year of eligibility, you can do it, um, but it just takes time and effort. And, um, you know, it sounds like those guys are already putting the work. So I'm going to come January 5th. I think it's my, my day I'm going to come in, um, have to get moved in and stuff. But, you know, I think Chase texted me yesterday, like, hey, you coming up this weekend? I'm like, not yet. I want to um, give, me till, give me another week and I'll be there. So I'm looking forward to that. This is your third school in, in three years. You've thrown for nearly 10,000 yards, 68 touchdowns, 33 interceptions. You faced 34 P5 opponents. BYU's coming off. Uh, Jaron Hall played 11, which is the most in school history. You played 10 last year, but 34 in your career. So what do you want Cougar Nation to expect from you? Uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't say this is definitely going to happen on the field or, or uh, guarantee anything, but the one thing I can guarantee is you're going to get my all. This is my last year of eligibility. It means a lot to me. Um, just the opportunity to play another year of college football. Um, you're going to get everything I have. You're going to get every time of my day. And, um, again, we're going to do everything we can to have a lot of success. And we have high goals, high aspirations. We're really motivated to have a lot of success in the Big 12. And um, you're going to see that on the field. Keaton, the number nine carries some extra significance for BYU football fans. It's retired. It's Jim McMahon's number. So what number are you going to go with when you get to BYU? Um, yeah, you know, I never actually chose nine, so um, I guess I'll close. I think I told him we'll go close to. I think I'm gonna go with ten this year, so that should be pretty exciting getting to the double digits. And uh, you know, I've always kind of liked ten and kind of wanted to wear it, so I guess this is finally the time I get to, to, to do it. <laughs> when you take the field in September, you'll be the first starting quarterback at BYU to have actually started against BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, what will that moment be like for you when you take the field against Sam Houston here in nine months? Uh, will be exciting. First, probably because the, the, the fans will probably be quiet when we're on offense, like you said earlier. But, um, <laughs> you know, again, it's a great atmosphere. I think, you know, that's one of the things that was exciting, too. You know that, that BYU and um, its fans kind of fill out the stadium and have a great atmosphere and to – you know, frankly, um, I don't think I've ever been at a part of – I've been at a part of multiple sellouts. I think I've only been part of one home sellout. And even in that game, that was the one last year, there's probably a lot of opposing fans there. So to be a part of some games, hopefully we'll sell it out a few times. And, uh, again, I'm just excited to kind of have that excitement in the stadium on, on, uh, on my side. 
Yeah, I'm not a betting man, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to experience multiple home sellouts in year one of the Big 12 in Provo for sure. Keaton Slovis is with us on BYU Sports Nation. All right, we've talked a lot about you as a quarterback. That clearly is the number one topic. But what do we need to know about you aside from football? What are your hobbies and what do you like to do outside of football? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. You know, again, football takes up the majority of my life. Um, you know, even like yesterday, I'm having dinner with my family. I'm kind of leaving to go watch some football. So that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I'm not playing football. I like to play video games. Kind of a good way to keep in touch with friends from home or hang out with friends at school. Um, but I'm not a huge gamer. I'm not good by any means. It's really just something I like to do. And then I'm um, a big music guy. I like listening to music. I, you know, I collect vinyl and all that stuff. But oh. other than that, you know, it's just football all the time you collect vinyl now i think dave, you've perked dave's interest because dave likes some old school rock bands like do you have a favorite vinyl record um i think i have an original not original but i have like a pretty old uh revolver beatles um vinyl that's like wow. that's one of my favorite wow. albums. that's, that's next level stuff <laughs> have a beatles <laughs> vinyl <laughs> all right keaton so with uh music and i want to do a couple other quick hitters here you're from scottsdale do you play golf? Because it feels like all BYU quarterbacks play golf and are pretty good. Where do you fit into that conversation? I do. My clubs are actually right <laughs> over my shoulder right here. Um, had to play. I'm not very good by any means, but, you know, um, you know, being home, played a few times already. My dad's just retired, too, so he's trying to get really good and kind of show me the ropes a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I play golf, but that doesn't mean I play it well. <laughs> I think that goes for most of us, right? That's right. Have your folks yeah. purchased BYU shirts yet? Are they, are they sporting the colors? I, that's a great question. I need to ask. I know my dad's on it, um, and I know everyone's asking me, hey, bring me a shirt when you get back for, for spring break or for the summer. But um, I think they're on it. They're definitely close. My dad's probably looking it up as we speak. <laughs> I can guarantee you when you arrive on January 5th or shortly thereafter that we will have a BYU Sports Nation something. You know, there, there will be something for you, Keaton. I, I, I'm positive about this. So uh, we'll make sure that happens. If not for you, at least for your parents, we, we can take care of that. Absolutely. Um, great to talk Love with you. you. Great to get to know a little bit about you. I'm glad you survived the onslaught of John Beck and Jaron Hall. Uh, those are tough recruiters those are, right there. Those are tough guys. But welcome again to BYU Football and BYU Sports Nation. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Keaton Slovis with us. His first interview at BYU as he steps in to become the next BYU quarterback. And we're going to interview him a lot. So I'm glad we were able to build this foundation today because uh, he's the talk of the town here. It will be the whole offseason. And, uh, and then all the drama leading into Sam Houston on September 3rd. The team takes the field. And, and there's some new faces, not just him, but those handful of new faces. It'll be an exciting night in Cougar Nation. Yeah, don't be surprised to see the Sam Houston game be a sellout. I mean, there's just oh, yeah. so much natural energy, even though it's not a Power 5 game or a Big 12 game. Just with the turnover, Keaton Slovis, and it is year one of Power Five. There'll be the Big Twelve logo painted status. down there on the yes, field. Like, you got to see that. It's it's going to be electric for sure, regardless of opponents. Speaking of big nights, it's opening night for BYU basketball in the WCC Cougars at Pacific. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Greg Rubel, Mark Duran on the call. That's eight Eastern, starting with Cougar pregame live. Yeah, BYU basketball has their own Big 12 concerns moving forward, yeah, right? We'll get to that later. <laughs> Up next, is BYU pulling a Baylor in the transfer portal? We'll explain what we mean next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. What, uh, what an interview with Keaton Slover. That was great. He is Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton. Time to whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. New York Jets will start Mike White for the remainder of the season, assuming he stays healthy. Will Zach Wilson play for New York again? I just don't see how New York and Zach Wilson and the fractured relationship recover from what has gone on. I would like to see Zach rectify something in New York, more than anything, but I don't see how it happens. So I don't think we will see Zach play again in New York. I hope I'm wrong, but this feels like the whole Sam Darnold situation over again where it's they're going to trade away Zach and try and draft another quarterback. The early success changed expectation for Jets fans and killed Zach Wilson in that way. Yeah, because reality was coming. Six and two was not going to last. Once reality started showing up, they're like, he must be the problem. He's out. And you're like, why do you have to be the Jets all the time? Yeah, well, and it, what's unfortunate is Brees Hall, their best player, their star yeah. running back, out. headed for an all-pro season. When he was in, the Jets were at their prime, right? And Zach was able to just be kind of the game manager. That's no longer. That's, that's no longer. Brees Hall gets injured, and it's all gone downhill yeah. for Zach Wilson Too from bad. here on out. Tyler Algier and his Falcons teammates, specifically fellow running back Cordero Patterson, tweeted the following about Algier. My dog should be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Yes, we too love Tyler. But is Patterson wearing blue goggles here, throwing Algier into the Rookie of the Year conversation? I'm starting him on my fantasy team this week <laughs> in the playoffs. I need Tyler to go. He's closing in on 1,000 yards. He's been great. You just got to look and see what are the other rookies doing. Have they done more than Algier? And if not, there he goes. But it would be a great honor for him. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else has just been dynamite. Brees Hall was dynamite. Brees Hall was running away, quite literally, yeah. with the Rookie of the Year award until he got injured. So who's next? I love that the Falcons love Algier. Absolutely. Because BYU fans grew to love him for the same exact reasons. He gives it all on the field. He's a good guy off the field. He's easy to cheer for. Yeah, why? I, I can't even think of anybody else. Throw him in the conversation yeah, for get sure. Him yeah, get him in there. Get him in the conversation. What's the conversation? Six to eight guys? Sure, yeah. Put him in there. Is BYU's rating of Boise State's edge rushers uh, <laughs> akin to Baylor's rating of BYU's offensive line? Speaking of the Barrington brothers. No. Yeah. Isaiah Bagna and Jackson no, Craven. No, Dave, it's not even close. It's How not come? even close. <laughs> I wish I could get into the particulars there, but I don't think I can. It's a little too muddy as yeah, it pertains to the some, offensive line scenario. I do know some scenario. of those particulars. <laughs> but you know what? I don't hear anyone outraged from Boise no. State that the guys are all coming to BYU. I, I, is Boise State that indifferent now with football? Have they just become so average? It's... Well, no, I've talked to some Boise State insiders about this, the culture of the program. The culture of the program up there right now is not great. No. And these guys are getting into the transfer portal. They know that Kelly Papinga is now coaching at BYU, and Kelly Papinga is saying, well, if you're in the portal and I'm at BYU, let's talk. No tampering there. This is just Boise guys wanting to be done there, and they like Kelly Papinga, and they're following him to Pro Bowl. I'm glad those two guys are coming down here. Absolutely. Oh, you know who I'm going to miss next year? I know who you're going to miss. Puka Nakua. What will be your most memorable moment from the Puka Nakua history with BYU? November 5th, 2022. It's fourth and goal from the six-yard line, <laughs> trailing 28-24 on the blue turf, and Jaron Hall throws a 
pass over to Puka. He makes a circus catch, this one right here, that is unbelievable. And I don't even think you could recreate. Wins the game, saves the season. They finish on a four-game winning streak. Yeah. They're off to the Big 12. He's off to the NFL. That's number one for me. Making what about you? Your mark. Yeah, if it's not that play, it's probably the energy and enthusiasm that we saw when he was not quite healthy when he celebrated with his brother Samson <laughs> after the touchdown catch by Samson against Utah on September 11th of 2021 and that unforgettable night. BYU is going to the Big 12 announced on Friday. They beat Utah on Saturday. Uh, Samson and Puka are celebrating. There was a penalty. Nobody cared. It was totally worth it. I just love that he came over and was just, I mean, going after his brother. Made program history. The only time two brothers have been penalized for the same penalty <laughs> in the same game at the same time. The Puka <laughs> and Samson Nakua brothers will always be remembered for that energy, excitement, yes, yes. first play of the season. If you're looking for another play, first play of the season, they hand it to Puka, he runs 75 yards for a touchdown at South Florida. That's what he does. He makes hard yes. plays look easy, and uh, he's so easy to cheer for. Here he goes. 75 yards for a touchdown. We're looking at this going, okay, we're going to have a big well, year. Well, we didn't well. know he was going to get hurt a couple of plays later. Welcome to the season, for sure. Yeah. yeah. We're going we're gonna to miss him a lot. He is just, who's going to be that energy guy? Like, how do you replicate that? It's so hard to do. It's just, it's who he is. Who's going to smile? Who's going to have a smile any wider than Puka Nakua? I know. I know. We'll miss him for yeah. sure. All right. Up next, we turn the page to BYU men's basketball. Is it fair to expect them to go 2-0 this weekend as they open up WCC play? Stay with us for more BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The Mason Lake. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. Fantastic show today. If you've missed any of it, just go to BYUSN.com. You can get caught up. Keaton Slovis was a really, really solid interview. Yeah, very bright guy. Looking forward to seeing him play here. 17 minutes with him, asking him all of the pertinent questions. You want answers about what the new quarterback's going to be like? Go find it, BYUSN.com. Because yeah, no one else has had an interview with him. It's like true. at all. It's, it's the first interview he's like, done since you gotta listen to that. joining BYU. Yeah. All right, it is a day of firsts, not just for Keaton Slovis and the interview process, but BYU men's basketball with their first West Coast Conference game tonight as they open up at Pacific, a place that BYU lost last year. And I'm recalling that Pacific was 5-19. and 19 yeah, That wasn't good. When BYU lost to the Tigers last year at the time, the worst loss in the Mark Pope era, if you will, so that's where the Cougars open up WCC play. Uh, then they'll host Portland on Saturday. Dave, my question for you is, is it fair to expect expect a 2-0 start for BYU in WCC play? It's hard to expect anything with this team because yeah. um, we, we, we get surprised when we don't think they're going to you know, beat Creighton, beat Utah, beat Dayton. Didn't seem likely, uh, but they did. Uh, and then the South Dakota loss, you would go, well, are we capable of losing anybody? But I'd say yes uh, for two reasons. One, they fought, won five straight. They have to beat Pacific. This isn't St. Mary's, San Francisco, or Gonzaga. You just have to win tonight. Then you have a home game against Portland. If they were at Portland on Saturday, I might give you a different answer. But Portland's here, New Year's Eve. Uh, BYU's playing pretty good ball as of late. They've got to win that one. Because then you've got teams like Gonzaga coming into Provo on January 11th. That's when, you know, sure. you have your Goliath moments. But this, this, these aren't it. 
Now, to me, if BYU wants to have a winning record in West Coast Conference play, and I know it sounds crazy to think, wait, BYU's not going to have a winning record in West Coast Conference play? They always have. They went, what, 9-7 and seven last year in league play? Yeah. Like, that feels probably on par with what they're going to do this year. And as you've documented, it feels like the team's capable of anything. They are playing better with five straight wins. And they're getting Spencer Johnson back, we think. We yeah. think he'll play limited minutes tonight at worst, and then I think he'll play more against Portland. That will help a team that's starting to find some consistency yeah. in their rotations. But does the Spencer Johnson re-implementation shake things up in a negative way? You know, Mark Pope talked about that. Right. He's like, I'm concerned. We're trying to figure out how to use him and not disrupt, you know, the good things that Remember we have Remember, they beat going. Creighton and Utah without him. Without, which is crazy. So... And Coach Pope said we had to figure out how to play without Spencer in the lineup because we couldn't really function without him on the floor. So we lose to South Dakota, and then we get beat up by Utah Valley and then figured some things out. So, you know, he's saying hopefully implementing him back into the lineup doesn't disrupt, you know, the good things that we have going and the positive momentum. I think it's going to help because he's a good defender. He's a mature player, and he brings veteran leadership to the floor. So throwing him in. BYU is going to beat Pacific. If they want to have a winning record in WCC play, Dave, they have to go 2-0 this weekend. First road game in 48 days. True road game. Yeah. You need your older players to settle things down when things get exciting. That's what Spencer Johnson brings back to the lineup. It's like, guys, take a breath. We can get the ball down the floor sure. without turning it over. Uh, and I've done this before, and, and I think that's where he can impact. He's averaging 11 points a game when he, yeah. when he was playing. BYU's got scores. Um, I think the advantage that, that they have with him coming back is a calming influence. Much like Slovis can be with a football yeah. team in the Big 12 in tough moments. as guys, guys, done it before. It's going to be all right. Follow me. Yeah. I feel like BYU can go 3-5 and five on the road in WCC play and 6-2 and two at home and get to 9-7. and seven. And listen, if, you're, if you win 19 games, given the start that BYU had when you were 5-5 five and five and you – you go 19 and 12 in the regular season, and you're the three or the four seed going to the West Coast Conference tournament. Fine, yeah. like, I, I'm totally okay with that. They're good enough to pull off some stunners. Yes. So that you know, San Francisco's a really good team. BYU could win to San Francisco. San Francisco could come here and beat BYU. Yes. Uh, and so the upper half of the league, I think, is is all over the place as far as. Uh, uh, maybe with the exception of Gonzaga, but hey, they're 10th, not number one. There's a big difference. They've lost more than they typically lose uh, at this stage of the season. So um, there's going to be some chances there. going to be some exciting yes. moments. Tonight needs to be a business moment. Go in, win this game, come home, and have a happy New Year's Eve on BYU TV. Yeah, just don't have to play on Friday at the West Coast Conference Tournament. How about that? Just start in the quarterfinals, and, and to do that, you got to be at least the fifth-best team in the conference. And if BYU wants to do that, I feel like they have to win these first two games. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if they do play on Friday, that gets them on BYU TV down in the tournament. <laughs> so there's kind of a this and that, and they're really, really good on BYU TV. Speaking of New Year's Eve and BYU TV, the Cougars in Portland. First night game on New Year's Eve in the history of the Marriott Center. Played some day games, some late afternoon games, never on 9 o'clock Eastern. That's before the ball drops. Okay. On New Year's Eve, it's BYU and Portland, BYU TV, and the BYU TV app. Uh, game day coverage starts at 8 Eastern time, and uh, we'll be excited. I don't know if we're wearing bow ties or not. <laughs> you going to say, what's the wardrobe for New Year's I'm, Eve? We're going to have to think about that. Got to get ready. For after basketball's over, yeah, there's plenty of time to watch Dick Clark's Rocket Christmas Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Absolutely.
going to be fun Saturday night. All right, up next, it's time for me to actually start trying in BYU Sports Nation fantasy basketball. Have you not been trying? No. Uh, okay, maybe. maybe. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. Time for BYU Sports Nation Fantasy Basketball. Let's recap last week's games. Jerem moves to 3-0. What's going on with you? You didn't lose in football and now you're 0-3 in basketball? I had to make him feel good about something. He was in a really low place, Dave. <laughs> you helped him? Okay, I had to help right, him out. Your people person. I got to help him out. Really. Help a brother out. All right, uh, so he's 3-0. I got the first transaction option because I haven't won in basketball yet. So I am um, going to go with Tyler Robbins, uh, uh, Robertson of Portland Men's Basketball. I'm going to pick him up as my uh, opponent player. Okay. Dropping Dallin Hall. Going to go with Jackson Robinson. I need Jackson Robinson to make, take and make a bunch of threes. Uh, Jerem's picking up Anaya James of Pacific Women's Basketball to round out his okay. starting five. Well, good luck. She's going. He's going with Gustin. Gustin could beat your whole team by herself. <laughs> that was the first pick. So, here's Jerem's roster. Best of luck this weekend. It's time for you to break through. All right. Our question of the day. Back to football. What makes you most excited about Keaton Slovis transferring? Our lead voice of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, comes from Brian Maxwell on Facebook. Says, "My wife says." The best hair at the quarterback position since Riley Nelson. <laughs> that's saying something. That is saying something. Uh, he, does, know, he does have good hair. For- that's quite an observation, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, and Braden Cosper, the BYU receivers. Absolutely. They were great. When healthy, they were unstoppable. Yes. And uh, we loved having them here. Our thanks to today's guest, Keaton Slovis. Join us tomorrow. We'll talk with new BYU running back out of the transfer portal, Aiden Robbins. Looking forward to that. Conversation continues 24-7, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on-demand, BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Kelly Smith, C for Women's Basketball, 9 Eastern.